Hey everyone, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Navigating No Contact with Toxic Parents. I'm your host, Tracy Principe, and today I have a special guest. We're going to dive into um, a topic I think you'll find um, really helpful and that will really resonate. And we're going to get there in a second. If you don't know about the Facebook group, that is also called Navigating No Contact with Toxic Parents, the Facebook group. A wonderful group with almost 5,000 people now, um, really supportive and um, caring people in there with a lot of wisdom. Everyone is, you know, at a different place in their journey. We have long time no contactors in there. We have people that have recently going, you know, gone no contact or they are at some stage of, you know, going back and forth, low contact, no contact. So, so everyone is welcome in that group and there is support for every level. We've got, you know, like I said, a lot of people in there with a lot of wisdom. So if you're not in that group and you are on Facebook, be sure to join us over there. I also do trainings in that group um, free and, and every month I do a drop in class on a different subject um, uh, usually around somatic and nervous system work, of course, because that's what I love to do and love to teach people about. But the monthly drop-in classes are only $25 um, for the class, and it is a really good introduction into the work if you're not familiar with somatic work and nervous system work. It's a really great introduction to that work to see, um, you know, to get a taste of it, and it's a really nice way to connect um with other people if that's something that you feel comfortable doing that's monthly and i and i always um i always announce those on instagram if you follow me on instagram and as well as in the facebook group i announce those monthly drop-in classes so and if you're interested in working with me go to my website www.tracyprincipe.com and if you have any um, suggestions for the podcast, topics, anything you would like me to discuss or um, be a guest, possibly have a guest, know someone, or you want to be a guest, feel free to reach out to me. All right, so today my special guest is Ada Brozier. She's from Michigan and she's an empath, highly sensitive person, intuitive dog mom, wife, and nature lover so i'm excited to have her on today um she is going to talk about or what we're going to talk about today is um something i think you you know most of you can probably identify with is that you know that that not having a voice not being able to find our voice, find our truth, being able to, um, you know, really say what we mean and mean what we say and speak up and, and all that goes with that, usually in my experience and was true for myself, goes back to um, childhood trauma and a caregiver um, that we got the message, you know, we got the cues verbally or non-verbally that uh, that wasn't safe to do that, right? So I think um, we're gonna we're gonna dive into you know and break this down and hopefully give you some some insight into that because I think this is something that I, I would say the majority of people really struggle with and really struggle into adulthood with, right? So with that said, Ada, welcome. So so happy to have you here. Thank you, Tracy. It's great to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So I thought we could just start, you know, um, maybe you could share a little bit about what, you know, what that means to, um, you know, or, or let's start with going, we kind of talked about, we touched on this a little bit before um, the broadcast of that point where you you know you remembered and not everyone you know might have a memory but you specifically do have a memory um of when you learned to sh the, to shut that down to shut yourself off right mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so 
I so I've been doing a lot of inner child work over my lifetime and um, got really really interested in in Louis Hay's work um, and doing a lot of reading and research and just self-esteem and working on you know confidence self-confidence however it's interesting how when we're little or younger um, we're more uninhibited and we're more ourselves and so I was a very joyful three four five-year-old and then slowly I started to um, lose, I would say, lose my childhood. Um, from the age of five to about 13, I was um, a victim of uh, domestic violence in my home, mm. and home was not a safe place at all. Um, and fortunately, I had a grandfather um, who was my safe person, and um, he had a cottage. So when I think of my inner child, I think about the little Ada, age five, on my grandpa's cottage, like on the beach, you know, in the sand, because um, I have a picture of that, and I hold on mm-hmm. to that picture because that was like the innocence that was yeah. was kind of lost or starting to get um, depleted slowly. But by the age of 13, when my grandfather died, that is when I lost my voice and it wasn't okay to talk and it wasn't okay. Um, it wasn't okay to express my opinion or share my thoughts. I was to be seen and not heard. Um, mm. So that my protector was gone and that changed my life for, for mm. oh, gonna, good 25, 30 years um, yeah. after my grandfather died. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little piece of it. So, yeah. So, wow. Thanks for sharing that. And you said, um, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. Was that something that, you know, someone actually verbalized and said to you? Or again, was that a, you know, nonverbal message that you, or maybe, maybe it was both, right? Because sometimes parents will say that, oh, you, you know, you're, I hope nobody's saying that these days, but. You know, that was kind of, yeah, yeah, that time, I, right? Where parents yeah. said that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was, that's an interesting thing because my grandpa, he would let me, Cass is his name, um, short for mm-hmm. Casmer. Um, and he, um, he called me, my nickname um, was Papuga, which in Polish means a little parrot because I was just like little chatty Kathy. Um, <laughs> so he would call me a parrot and I just, it was the most endearing thing you could call, call me, you know, which yeah. it doesn't really make sense to anybody else but me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And yet at home without him around, mm-hmm. I struggled with that. You know, I struggled. I kind of like hide in my room a lot. Mm. Um, and yeah. so when I wasn't in my room, I would be criticized for why aren't you reading? Why aren't you studying? Why don't, why aren't you, I couldn't just sit around and do nothing. I yeah. had to, I had to be doing, doing something, something to be productive and worthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Productive and worthy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you got that message pretty young that you, and you, you had to be productive to be worthy and maybe even get some attention and, and love, right? Yeah. And so that's, that's interesting because I, you know, I, I never felt like I was my parents' biological child. I, I was mm. from a very early age, I felt like the odd duck and I'm an only child. So mm-hmm people would say, oh, you were spoiled. You were the only child. And and I would say, well, I had a roof over my head. I had food on the table. I was well clothed, was well taken care of on the outside. Um, yeah. and, and emotionally um, th- not validated and not um, listened to or heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was hard. That was really hard because I shut down mm. at 13. I disassociated 
in that time frame. Mm. Like my first yeah. memory of disassociating is that time. Mm. So, I gotta take a deep breath because <laughs> yeah, Whew. yeah, take a pause there. So, you remember? Do you remember what that experience was like disassociating at such a young age? Yeah, I, I learned this over the years. I didn't know at the time. I thought I was mm -hmm. having like an out-of-body kind of psychedelic experience, yeah. um, sober. <laughs> um, nice. And it was, I remember sitting at my kitchen table with my mom there and I was like floating outside of my body. It was mm. completely like not intentional. I was just um, checking out, really just checking out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and to this day, I have memory problems. Um, mm -hmm. So I wrote everything down. Since I was 13 on, I have books, a lot of journals I've saved wow. over the years because of that reason. And mm -hmm. I would, believe it or not, I kid you not, I would write down verbatim what my mm -hmm. parents said to me because I wanted to prove to them that it wasn't me making it up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. The lengths that you went to. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. And even to this day, writing has been one of my, I don't know, my mm. like safe place. Writing has given me um, a lot of self-validation. So, yeah, yeah. An expression. So, so going back to that, you know, you had to be doing something, um, productive was that was there a lot of pressure then to you know like get straight A's and you know go to school and do all of that yes your audience can't see me but I'm, I'm smiling and laughing because that, that was the main thing I was supposed to this is the impression that I received growing up is that yeah. I was to be a straight A student um, mm. and A minus was not acceptable mm. um, B plus wasn't even acceptable. It had to be an A. Um, yeah. So I grew up. I grew up with anxiety, a lot of testers' mm -hmm. anxiety, um, a lot of like presentations. I would just freeze up, mm -hmm. and so yeah, the expectation was that I was to be um, basically perfect. That was what the expectation was. Everything had to be perfect. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, so so I, I I really struggled. I was a great student, mm -hmm. but not not valedictorian, not you know, not 4.0, um, because I was also pressured to do extracurricular activities. So I would do everything I could mm -hmm. possibly get into, you know, key club and you know, um, basketball, volleyball, anything and everything that I could do. It was also yeah. an escape, though. Also, school was also an escape for me too. Um, yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't all negative. It was just that um, I found I found a lot of supportive teachers that mm. were my mentors and nurtured me. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give a shout out to my kindergarten and second grade teacher, Mrs. Vargo, because she's she's a she's we reconnected recently on social media. And so I have to say oh, she was nice. the one who supported me and like from the get go. Yeah. So, mm, yeah. Yeah. And that can make an amazing difference. Just having that one positive supportive person, even if it's a teacher or a coach or some, you know, someone else at school. Um, and so, so, so with all that going on and you, the pressure must've been enormous you know, to, to do all of those things, because what happened, what would happen if you didn't do those things? Yeah. Um, so that, so that was something I always feared. I didn't, I felt yeah. like, I felt like I'd be disowned. I felt mm. like I would be shunned from the family. Yeah. Um, I, I, I started, acting out by the age I was like 15, 16, 17. Yeah, for several years. Um, started self, um, injuries for a short period of time to try to get attention from my 
my mother. Yeah. Um, yeah. I started to have suicidal thinking. Um, mm. I started to have migraine headaches at, every mm. day. Um, yeah. And it was hard. It was a lot of pressure and I didn't understand it. I couldn't, I couldn't verbalize it at the right. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause so, there wasn't really words for what was happening. Right. Right. And it was and a then, lot of fear. Sorry. Go ahead. Fear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can. Yeah. All that, that fear of if I don't, again, a message that if I don't do this, something bad is going to happen or just not safe to right. not do these things. And then, you know, and then you couldn't go, you, you didn't have a parent that you could say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm really exhausted or I'm tired or I just, you know, I, I got a B plus, but you know, and there wasn't anybody coming to you say, Hey, I know how hard you worked. It's okay. Don't worry about it. That wasn't going to yeah. be a response that you got, right? Well, you know, it's interesting because it just depended on the day and the mood that my mom was in. Mm, um, okay. My mom, my mom definitely has borderline personality um, traits, mm -hmm. um, and by my own therapist was also. Um, I will say this because this is something that I didn't diagnose her. My therapist diagnosed her with. Yeah. Um, and, and so someday she would defend me and be mm. my advocate okay. with my other, from, for my other parent. And yeah. then other days she would flip flop and I was the worst thing ever, mm. you know, devil spawn. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's even more confusing because then you had to manage her mood, right? Exactly. So yeah. I became very good at that. Good at that. Good at um, that. Yeah. I became the, the peace, peacemaker in the family also. And I would just stuff all the emotions in and mm. just go into full-fledged rescue mode and get into between mm. my parents and try to save, save mm. them because emotionally they were volatile towards each other. Mm. Um, yeah, so they didn't hide stuff from me very good. They yeah. they would be up all night. I didn't sleep well, that sort of thing. And I struggled mm. to sleep for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. So the, the stress, the chronic stress from all of these scenarios going on, the school, the pressure from that, and then, then the arguments with your parents that you had to manage that and fix that or mm -hmm. be up or be up at night not being able to sleep mm -hmm. right that is a lot of stress yes a lot of stress and I I coped with it by smoking cigarettes by drinking yeah. I tried to fit in and try to well, making horrible decisions with you know my choices of your friends um yeah. and I just wanted to be you know love was really didn't understand I thought you know love was um um well didn't understand what love was honestly right. um to this day I, I I love now I love myself and that makes a world of difference you know and yeah. you love who you are but it took a lifetime well yeah. I'd say up until I was 35 I'm 45 now I started mm -hmm. to truly truly love who I was probably around that age when I started doing the inner child work and yeah. the mirror therapy work by Louise Hay I don't know if you've heard of Louise Hay yeah I have. <laughs> yeah um, mm -hmm. And some great therapists along the way too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so with all of that going on, and then the schoolwork on top of that, there really wasn't space for you to express yourself. Yeah, or have an opinion, or have no. feelings, or or cry. You know. So. Interestingly, you know, when I cried, um, that was shamed. I was shamed a lot for crying. Um, okay. And so I shut that down. And so I would only cry like in my bathtub. Nobody could see me. 
Um, mm. I never shared that with anybody, but that I mean that mm. that just came out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. Yeah. Yeah, and vulnerability is very challenging for me, and just being here is totally out of my comfort zone. So, um, yeah. it is it is something I work on very hard to accept myself and not give a crap what other people think. Yeah. Wow. So, crying alone in your bathroom, bathtub, and no support, mm-hmm. no no comforting, no nurturing, no support. Yeah. Other than dogs, no. Other than I am blessed with the canine form of love, <laughs> the unconditional yeah, yeah. dog love. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. That is by far the best. That 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 can be very helpful. Um, and and can so, I add one more thing? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Please. Yeah. I you know I I just want to share that yes, I know there's people out there that believe in God and are religious and and. Mm-hmm maybe feeling sad right now because I didn't say, you know, God's love. Um, I, I have a lot of religious trauma along long mm. lines of that too. Um, yeah. So I was raised Catholic. Um, I call mm. myself a recovery Catholic um, because yeah. that was very shaming for me. Um, and I was never good enough. Um, and so, so anyhow, so that changed at 13 too because my family moved my, uh, about 10 years old. Yeah, we no longer went to church when I, until, yeah, because we moved away from my family and friends, like, yeah, my mm-hmm. elementary school report. Um, yeah. So so that changed too. I consider myself a spiritual Christian Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And religious, you know, yeah, and religious trauma um, is real. And we have a lot of people that uh, listeners and and you know that have had those ex- lived experiences um, mm-hmm. you know where religion is used to shame and religion is used as a weapon so um, yes yeah so so and that and that's part of you know losing again then and that goes even deeper into losing your voice losing your identity right so um, at what point did you, was there a point or a defining moment where you, you know, maybe later and, and, and later on where you said, I, I don't even, you know, like, I don't know who I am. I don't have my, I'm not my own, you know, individual person with my own voice. And, and was there something like that, that was kind of, a defining moment or a you know something went off a light bulb went off around that a light so do you mean like a light bulb that went off when i was when i felt like my voice was to be heard Is yeah that when you saying? realized yeah because you know you realize like wait a minute i've been stuffing you know just stuffing my sometimes people not always but sometimes people have this epiphany where they're like wow i've been just being a doormat or people pleasing or or you know not just going along and all of a sudden they're like wait a minute what have i been doing all my life you know and they and there's some kind of moment not always but i was wondering if there you know was some kind of moment where you said i'm not going to do this anymore Yes. Um, took me a second to get to think of something. Um, this was probably about 10 years ago, um, Mm -hmm. when I had an epiphany, uh, in a a public restaurant, um, in, at the Outback, it was with my husband Mm -hmm. and, um, he and I were with my parents and, um, and, to make a long story short, and we don't have another hour here, um, <laughs> it was when, <laughs> when my mother said to me how disappointed she was and sat and hurt that I did not send her a real Hallmark greeting card for Christmas 
when she said to me that the card that I made with my arts and crafts mm -hmm. was disgusting to her. It was mm. extremely hurtful, by the way. I had I had been not smoking cigarettes at the time, and I that was a trigger for relapse right there. Yeah, but I, I I got through it, but it was so painful. And at that moment, mm -hmm. I said, I am not going to spend my life trying to please her. Um, right. And then instead, I I was kind of snarky and you know um, would send her these huge cards and just real you know sarcastically um, um, <laughs> and I'd get you know I get yelled at for that too but you know there's no yeah. pleasing her there's absolutely right. no pleasing her and it took me a long time to mm. get to that point um, yeah. and then the second there was a, a second moment where I realized that um, when my therapist you know, asked me if I wanted to bring my mom in. Hmm. And I said, absolutely. I need to know. I need to know if she wants to work on this relationship, if it's even possible, if it's yeah. even, you know, salvageable. And that, that was the defining moment for me. And that was about eight years ago or so. Mm -hmm. I have it somewhere in my journal because I, I wrote pages and pages, pages about that. Um, that was the determining fact. It's time to take care of me. It's not time to take care of mom's emotions anymore. That's There's right. There's no, um, I don't have, I don't have to put that responsibility on myself anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's yeah. Those, oh, those, those, those moments like that where, you know, where you're just like, I'm done doing that right I'm done but trying to please because <laughs> it's, there's never going to be enough it's never enough right it doesn't matter what right. you do never ever yeah yeah and it's mm -hmm. so exhausting and draining. I was just gonna say I was just gonna say but I was so dysregulated at that time mm, I yeah. when I had made that decision it was the scariest thing and every cell in my body was mm. just cortisol hormones firing off and and panic and you know danger danger in my body yeah. um although cognitively in my head i knew i was done right. that's when the journey on the somatic and the, uh, that started yeah. um when i truly recognized oh my god all this anxiety and trauma is body-based yeah. uh, that's when my real healing i think mm. yeah 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 yeah, I, I, and, and that was true for me, slightly different, but that, yeah, I, and I always tell people that that moment that kind of, I'm not doing this anymore. And if that, you know, oftentimes that does mean no contact for a period of time or indefinitely, depending. Um, that's when, that's, that is not the end, that's the start. Because when you make that space, you kind of get the clarity that you you know of of just um you know all of everything gets really clear <laughs> and that was that happened for me too it's like when i went really no contact like i had done that for years decades of no contact you know because mm -hmm. we had don't talk and then just come back and pretend you know pretend everything was fine right that's what me and my mom did <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that real no contact where you're like, no, this is this is it, this is the end, right? And I knew that it was like that defining yeah. moment, and I knew that it was a feeling in my body. Yeah, and then and then it's like I got that that separation started to give me a lot of clarity, um, and and that was a long and that was not a, that was a long-term process of me going into therapy and then yeah finding out that trauma was stored in my body um and and then every all those layers right all of those layers that come with that oh yeah my voice is not really my voice <laughs> you know or who yeah. am i yeah um yeah yeah and and all of that right so at what point did you um, start 
finding your, um, you know, your true authentic voice, your true self, you know, like without you having to please your mother, who are you? What do you want? Your wants and needs. Um, so I've been doing this probably, I don't know, for a few, just for a few years now. I mean, mm-hmm. so listen, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I shared with you, but I'm, I'm also my grandmother's, um, power attorney. And so this is my mother's mother. And mm-hmm. I, for the past, I don't know, for the past 10 years or so, um, my grandma and I reconnected. My mom and my grandma re- were estranged. And then my grandma and I, we've stayed connected mm-hmm. even after my grandfather died. Yeah. Um, and I admired my grandma quite a bit. She's a, a feisty lady. Um, she's, she's not, she wasn't the kindest lady. She wasn't very warm and loving. Yeah. She's very fiercely independent. And there was a lot of qualities that I admired in her. Mm-hmm. Um, however, she ended up having a very, very, uh, uh, what do you call it? A delirium that led to a suicide attempt. They're going to, you know, hospital for a month. And mm. all of it, and I was re-triggered. And all that trauma, intergenerational trauma was re-triggered. That was just three and a half years ago. Mm. Um, and so I was very forgot your question. <laughs> um, but I, I know that it was a defining moment when I felt that my grandma was safe in a nursing home because she has Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, when I felt she was safe and taken care of, um, that's when I began to go, okay, it's my turn now. It's my turn to focus on what I want. Yeah, Grandma's needs are taken care of. Um, mom's, you know, just kept in the loop on a need to know mm-hmm. basis. Um, and I can tell you that my husband has benefited a lot from this because yeah. he's been very patient in our 17 years of marriage, um, because it's been a wild roller coaster ride. And for the first time he told me, he goes, it's so nice not to have to hear you talking about your mom all the time yeah. or your grandma all the time. And everything around my life centered around their life yeah um and so it's very freeing to not have them mm. be the focal point of my life yeah. so so that's yeah. also that's also the time when i started like branching out entrepreneurially into my own interests and my own passions and mm-hmm. trying to help people and i felt confident i believed in myself that was something i never had never believed mm. in myself and then as of like yeah. like Three years ago, I felt more at peace and ready to start venturing off on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and talk about what that has done for you, right? That it's kind of like an inner, um, it's an inner freedom, right? I think it's an inner freedom, inner something that isn't yeah. a feeling in internally, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, I loved taking your 21 days of calm class. Got to put a little plug out there for you. Cause that was so <laughs> connecting the dots. <laughs> yeah. Um, connecting the dots. So even though I, you know, I got COVID at that time and had a little brain fog, I still remember some of that stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, that just having that relaxed breathing, doing those, mm-hmm. you know, being present and grounded and mindful, yeah. Um, yeah. up until that point, I was kind of superficially like, yeah, I do yoga. Yeah, I do this. Yeah. I like doing mm. this, but I wasn't, I wasn't connecting really all the dots. Um, right. so, you know, the external yeah. stuff, I love cooking. I love, you know, playing with my dogs, listening to music. That's all external coping, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. When, when I could feel genuinely calm in my body, when I could genuinely mm-hmm. enjoy a shower, that was mm. pretty freeing. That was pretty comforting. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, because we can, um, 
go through the motions or do all the things that, you know, we think we're supposed to do or, or kind of like, yeah, I do yoga, I do this, I do that, I go to the gym, you know, do all these things, but, and, and none of it, you know, you can do yoga, not be present and, and all of those things. But wow, when you're present and just, yeah, present in the shower, that is a feeling it is really a felt sense in the body um and and you know just it's a different way of being in the world um when you have that embodiment right and i think that is you know that is the ultimate freedom and liberation from all of this and really knowing like i know who i am i feel safe in my body i trust myself you know right all of those things come from this embodied state this felt sense yeah um and it's even hard to explain or describe because it is an ex it's not a cognitive thing it's an experiential thing mm -hmm. so yeah. i even yeah. have a hard time explaining you know what i do or what you know because it's it and it, it is this experience it's it's an experience mm -hmm. um but that really coming home yeah to body, exactly like, yeah is where you find yourself yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly that's all we have a dance day <laughs> we have our bodies you know yeah and energy yeah. yeah and all of that you know and and then things life becomes um easier right it's you're not living in that survival that survival stress that fight flight mm -hmm. you know you're not in that survival yeah. right what is that what yes. is that difference it's, yeah my goodness um so i'll give an example so before i met you Tracy, mm -hmm. um and i know this is something we worked on before um that you know when I would get ready to leave the house, it was this huge emotional storm. Mm -hmm. And I would start frantically cleaning things. I would have to be somewhere and I could get ready to leave out the door and all of a sudden the dishes had to be done. The vacuuming had to be done. I had to start reading something. I had to start writing something. This this nervous energy. Um, and I couldn't figure out why the heck I did that and you help me figure that out because of like the sensations in my body that were going on yeah. and it was connected to the fact that you know um childhood it was a childhood um uh, trigger it was it was stressful to leave the house because mm. there was always argument conflict and stress yeah. and so my body remembered every time I left the house it would be a very anxious experience for me um which I didn't understand at first because I cognitively, cognitively wanted to leave the house because right. it wasn't safe to be home. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that disconnect, that confusing, you know, okay, aha, I see. All right, I get it now. Um, <laughs> but, and I'm laughing at it now because I didn't understand for so long where that came from. Um, so now yeah. I don't, I don't have that. I don't get you don't so oh, panicky wow. at all. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. That is incredible. Um, yeah, and that's really that freedom of not having, you know, that nervous anxiousness in the, you know, in 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 life, just living life with that anxiousness, right? And not knowing why. Yeah, I'm still. You have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm still an anxious person. I work really hard at, you know, the keeping myself grounded and I do a lot of spiritual, you know, yeah. I do some Reiki on myself. I do, you know, I use aromatherapy. I use, I use a lot of different self-care tricks yeah. um, to help me. No more nicotine, no more alcohol yeah. once in a while, you know, but not nothing indulgent. Um, right. Does that stuff? It's hard to connect. It was hard to connect with people unless I was smoking or drinking mm. it a for a long time. Yeah. It was never safe to connect with people. Right. Um, yes. So. Yeah, that's so true. And 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 you know, just not um, not having that safety and 
you know, feeling like you need something that becomes a crutch to help you feel safe and regulate, right? I always tell people you're trying to regulate with whatever the thing is, food, alcohol. You're actually trying to, you're trying so hard to yep. regulate. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, right, yeah. Yeah, and and the, you know, and, and that's the beautiful thing is, is like, yeah, we, we can have some anxiety, you know, here and there, but it's, um, at least for me, it's easier to come out, you know, I'm not going to have those wild swings of, you know, my mother or whoever is not going to knock me down into the depths of despair, right? So yeah, my mom doesn't have that effect on me anymore. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> that is so that is amazing. Freeing. Yeah. Whatever she says, you know, she could say whatever. And it really has nothing to do with me. And 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 because it just doesn't affect me. And you know, mm -hmm. where before for yep. decades it would just be that depth of despair. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When and you know that was also pretty recent too when i came to the conclusion you know oh my gosh this isn't personal at all this is i mean it took me a long mm -hmm. time to really understand that that this is her projecting all her right. unhealed crap yes. <laughs> um, and unhealed wounds and not having right. the capacity and insight to reflect and do the work yeah 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 yeah, that's, that's, that's right. And so that freedom of really being, you know, separating from that, because that is so hard for so many people um, to separate and not take those things personal and see this person, I just see my mom as this, you know, wounded person. But again, it's like, okay, but I'm over here and, and you can be your wounded self and say whatever you're going to say, but it's not my responsibility to fix your wounds. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so that I don't get triggered by whatever she says. Yeah. That that's yeah. something that took a long time. I hope it doesn't take your viewers as long or your listeners as long as it mm -hmm. does me. Maybe it's taken yeah. some longer. I just feel like it's it had been a, it felt like an eternity to get to this point. You know, it yeah. felt like so exhausting. And I thought I was yeah. never going to get to this point. I, I, I laugh about things now when before I would just internalize and cry and, and just yeah. shake my head and, you know, be so frustrated and angry all the time. And I used to call her the monster and I stopped calling her that because it's just she, you know, I'm not going to excuse her behavior because she's an adult, but I'm just... I'm not the victim anymore, you know? I'm not gonna yeah. play the victim anymore. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's where I'm at. Yeah, and that is, that is, you know, I think that it, anyone who's listening, you can get to that point. Um, and I, I have, most of my clients get to that point where these, you know, yeah, we can still hold ourselves in that little inner child in compassion and care. Um, and, and, you know, but we see they're their own separate person and they're over there. They can, you know, they're, they're an adult and I'm responsible for me. And I like to say my parts and my inner child or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, you know, I'm responsible for, for this here. I'm not responsible for that over there. And I have no desire. I no longer have that desire to. So, so some of so that survival. And that's the other thing is that survival energy, that survival response of I, you know, I'm a child and, and yes, I, I need my parents. So I'm going to, you know, I have to stay safe. I have to survive in this environment. And then essentially we take that into adulthood and we're doing the same thing. But, you know, we get to realize as I don't need to, I don't need to have that survival response anymore. So that is why that, you know, the somatic, the, um, 
you know, the nervous system work is so critical to understand because we can understand it cognitively, but really having that felt sense of, I, I don't, I don't need this survival anymore. And that is when you come to the point of, I don't have any desire to be in this enmeshed codependent relationship with my parent. Oh my goodness. You hit the nail on the head there. (laughs) Enmeshment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That runs deep. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like a drug. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It, it is, yeah. Very toxic one. Yeah, right. It's a toxic w- drug withdrawal um, is what I always tell people um, because, yeah, it's it's really hard to break that. Um, and again, but, it, it you know, that's what really needs to happen to get this internal freedom of feeling... Um, you know, like I'm, I'm an individual and I matter and I'm worthy and I'm important and I have a voice and that I can take up space, right? Mm-hmm. I can, I can say what I want to say. I can, I have needs and I, and I have needs yeah. and I can ask for what I need. That's a big one. Yeah. All of that. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. And I just thought of another memory where, you know, in the near or in recent, recently when I was getting my grandma's house ready to sell and um, my mom came in there and started packing things up and I said, what are you doing? You know, what's, what's happening here? You know, mm-hmm. grandma left me the responsibility of taking care of things and I'm going to take care of them. And when I verbalized I saw her shudder and almost fear. Like for the mm. first time I had a voice and it was wow. respected and she left the house. Um, I had never been listened to and it took me 40 some years yeah. to get to this point. Yeah. Um, and it scared me. It actually scared mm. me because I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe what just transpired, like what just happened. Yeah. Um, my own power scared me. <laughs> wow, yeah. And, and did that also feel good? Yeah, it felt good. It yeah. felt good. It, it almost, it almost felt too good if that's possible. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, what is this? It's a little foreign to me. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's that thing where, you know, that accumulation of everything that happened and, and all of that. And then it kind of just, you know, it just, um, it, it just kind of rises up like a volcano because it's an, it's really an accumulation of all of those microaggressions and, and traumas, you know, throughout your childhood, that complex trauma um, is cumulative. And then you get to, a, a, you know, what I kind of call a breaking point. And that is when you um, somehow, you know, you find a voice and you're able to verbalize a lot of people We'll find that. And it comes from the body. It, it's like when people say things like, I have enough, I, I had enough, I can't take it anymore. I've got to say something. And that is that coming from the body and that accumulation of, I can't hold this anymore. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I was told, I was told most of my life, um, you're too sensitive. You're too this, you're too yeah. that, you're too much, you're too this. And so you just kind of shrink. You just kind of yeah. like, okay, you just like put yourself in this little box and it's so yeah. powerless and you feel so small. Yeah. Um, and so when you get that opportunity to, uh, um, the voice, you know, how you feel and, and be okay with it. You know, that's huge. And just be okay. Like I'm okay. Yeah. You know, this is okay. Yeah. Um, I'm doing okay. Yeah. That's big. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm safe. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm allowed to take up space. I'm allowed to have a voice, right? And all those messages we got that, again, like you said, are this projection of their, you know, unworthiness and their wounds just being projected onto us as children. And we are taking that in as, well, that must be true. I must be bad. Mm-hmm. I must be 
unworthy. I must be too sensitive or too whatever. Yep. It must be. It must be me. I must be the problem. Unlovable. Unlovable. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was the problem. I was the scapegoat. That's what the you know scapegoat's definition yeah. is. You're the problem. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that makes me. Which we know it's not true. That, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so and that is you know that's the beauty of. Um, you know, doing this work is, wow, none of that was true. It was my mom all along just projecting that stuff onto me. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, and that's how we're going to heal, you know, and that's how we're going to heal. But like I said, the first step is really the no contact. That's the first step. And that's, mm -hmm. that's when you just give yourself space. Mm -hmm. You just gave yourself some space and that's when you get the clarity. And then, you know, really when everything kind of, um, that's, that's when a lot of people's trauma come up then because you gave yourself that space and you stop focusing on the parent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah, my dog. Sorry, can you see her? My dog. <laughs> yeah, I see a nose. I see a nose. Yeah, looking in your face. Um, all right. Well, I think we're gonna end here because we're almost at the hour. Um, and I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on and um, sharing some of your story and some of your insights. And um, I just really appreciate you taking the time to do that. It's been a really great discussion. You're very welcome, Tracy. I um, I hope somebody who's listening gets something out of it. And um, that's really why I, now that I have a voice, I feel like I have a responsibility to, to really do something with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And if, if somebody else, I hope somebody else gets takes something, yeah. you know, um, out of my story. I know it's it's a very shortened version of my story, but it's definitely yeah. um, it's uh, it's been quite a roller coaster. I'm just I'm just grateful yeah. for you, Tracy, and I'm just grateful oh, for your programs you. and um, your healing you. story. Um, yeah, thank you. I love um, I love this um, chat. I'm I'm so I'm so glad we got to do this together. And um, so I just want to, again, thank you for being here and um, thank you listeners. Uh, hope you enjoy this episode of another, another episode of Navigating No Contact with Toxic Parents. And with that, we shall end this broadcast. Thanks again, everyone.